I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and welcome to Self Helpful, where I hunt for the most relevant self help information and the most effective guides and bring them on the show to see what drives them and extract the big idea that you can take action on. In this episode, how to have the mindset of confidence with humility. We continue our series on confidence, continuing from my talks with Heather Monahan. She's host of the Creating Confidence podcast that's ranked in the top 200 overall on Apple Podcasts. Here today, I bring on my great friend, Tom Ziegler. Tom is CEO of Ziegler, Inc. Ziegler, which was founded by one of the greatest self-help influencers of all time, Zig Ziegler. And it's renowned for building confidence in people. The right kind of confidence, though, which is confidence paired with humility. In our culture, we aren't taught how to have true, healthy confidence with true and healthy humility. And we're seldom fortunate enough to be exposed to a good example. Zig Ziglar is my guru. Thank goodness I got exposed to him early on. And he was able to hold true confidence and humility together like no other. His son, Tom, with us today here in this episode, has been one of my greatest, one of my greatest influences with this concept as well. In this episode, Tom does a really masterful job of helping us understand true confidence and the significant difference between short-term and long-term confidence. Stay tuned and you'll hear what that is. Well, Tom, when I looked at a co-host for this discussion on confidence, you're the first person that came in mind. I met such a foundation that I grew up with, with Zig Ziglar and continuing through you in the Ziglar legacy is one of confidence and self-image. And man, through the years of us doing who knows how many podcasts together, that has come up so much. I don't know if it's always the word confidence, but 
self-image. I mean, it just feels like that's a foundation of the Ziegler ethos. So that's why we're here. You listened to my talk with Heather and I want to know, yeah, what, what jumped out at you and what have you been focused on even chewing on in this aspect in today's culture around confidence and self-image and the needs that you see out there. So tell me, tell me what rose to the top. Gosh, when Heather said, uh, when she pushed back that, you know, you can have too much confidence, right? Cause she said, wait a second, too much confidence doesn't necessarily mean that you're drifting into arrogance or even narcissism, uh, because they're totally separate things. The thing that came out to me is we've just completed this huge uh, leadership series with the Integrity uh, Marketing Group. So they brought 500 leaders in over four huge events, and we spent three days with them each time. And so these are their top leaders. You know, the the company has over 5,000 employees and 530,000, more than that, agents. And so this is like the upper tier, right? The C-suite, the partners, the people who started these different businesses and their top leaders. And one of the questions uh, that I get almost every one of these was, when does uh, confidence go into arrogance? Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a big deal. Um, and w- with this organization, they got 200 partners, pl- more than that, who built their own businesses. And so they are type A drivers, high performers, and they've really done something amazing and they're all very, very confident. And so one of the internal sayings is they bring all these top leaders in and they say, Hey, check your ego at the door. Uh, because as a team, that's what we've got to do. And so they do a great job of that. Uh, but I still get the question. So when does, when does confidence go too far? And so here's the answer. Um, it has to do with humility. And so arrogance is the opposite of humility. And when you, when you think about somebody who's super confident, um, but they're also humble, then that changes the environment. If somebody is super confident and they're filled with pride and, and arrogance and look at me, you know, I'm number one then they've jumped from confidence to something else, right? Beyond that. And so when Heather kind of brought that up, I was like, that's, that's, just, that's just right on uh, because arrogance prevents you from hearing others. Arrogance says, uh, the way I do it's the only way to do it. Humility says, uh, I'm here to learn, right? I'm curious. And then Heather talked about how some people have a hard time you know, kind of taking their gifts and talents and promoting that. And she just said, well, change the way you say it, change it to, instead of saying, Hey, I'm so gifted. I'm so talented. I get to go reach millions of people. You just flip that and say, you know what? I'm so blessed that people resonate with my message. And I just count myself uh, grateful and lucky every day that it's resonating and these people show up. So I'm, I'm blessed to be here. And you can see the difference in leaders. When I go all over the world, all these different organizations, the ones who lead to the, wow, can you believe this? And so they humbly accept the accolades 
and they turn it back into gratitude and say, you know what, it's, it's, it's more to do with the people I'm around than it is with me. Right. And, yeah. so, but they take the, they take the compliment the way it should be instead of the opposite, which is, yeah, well, I'm the greatest, you know, if it wasn't for me, none of these people would even be here. <laughs> well, let's, let's play with that, Tom. Cause as you're talking about it, well, first off, I want to, well, I want to point out two things. One, you just talked about a big organization and as, and so I'm going to do shameless Ziegler promotion here. If folks, we have a lot of business leaders, owners, people involved, big corporations and small businesses, whatever, that is what Ziegler does. Just to point that out. This is where, you know, from the Zig Ziegler legacy that Tom Ziegler now runs and spearheads today. Uh, that is companies bring them in. So this is a gigantic company that gave returned and, and gave a gigantic contract to Ziegler to say, help us with leadership. So I just wanted to put that out there, go to Ziegler.com, contact Tom. That's what he does. That's what they do and what they're the masters of and speak about that leadership, confidence and humility, man, that's the hallmark. And you know that that's my story, Tom, of why we know each other because it was through your dad zig and me growing up in these seminars with 30,000 people and these rock star uh, rock stars of personal development and celebrities and politics and whatever that were up on stage giving great information and I got the great opportunity privilege with my dad he worked it out to when when I was a kid to come in and help sell product for people backstage. So there's Zig and there's, you know, I'm not going to name other people because of what I'm about to say, but you know, great people on stage here they are. And we got to go back and help sell product and it got us in for free. And it got me to meet these people. And a lot of them were great. Some of them weren't so great off stage, but Zig regardless stood alone as being this guy. And that's what was almost not that it was confusing back then. It's really in hindsight when I realized he was so confident and so humble and that's one of the things that stood out most. That's why it drew me to him. And I think everybody, you know, 250 million plus people at this point, because he embodied that. And we don't really, I find us today, and I think we don't get it. We don't know how to do that. So there's two things I want to point out. And let's start, though, with we watch sports. Uh, let's, let's play. Let's, let's start there. If you've got a ball player out there in the NFL, or hockey or, you know, baseball or whatever, we kind of expect them to be awesome, right? We expect them to be incredibly confident and we kind of expect arrogance. We even applaud it, you know, or, or a fighter in the ring, man. It, it, you know, even Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest, you know, we kind of expect that and it's fine, but I don't want to sit at the dinner table with that person. I don't want to go to dinner afterwards and then, you know, and say, man, that was a really great, you know, perform really great performance, really great, great catch. And for them to go, yeah, man, I'm the stuff I am. I mean, there's God. And then right under that is, is me. I, if it weren't for me, you know, the team wouldn't win. And, and then to, and to go on and hold court, they don't, we don't want that. Nobody wants that in real life, but we do want the confidence. So yeah, there seems like that balance that, I mean, I hear you say it and it makes sense, but out here in the culture right now, I don't see people, many people being able to hold it well and so most people are running away from it and saying, yeah, if you're super confident, whatever you're, it's narcissistic is the word we've got today. You said arrogant, but narcissistic is, is a word that people want out there. And how humility over here is denying the skills and abilities that you do have. You know it. I know it. But it's going, oh, no, 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 I'm not. Kevin, you're a great podcast. Oh, no, no. I just, I, I'm terrible. I'm, you're so sweet. That's stupid. And nobody wants to hear that. 
so play with that. I mean, play yeah. with that. Like really, I guess it's a humility issue, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I talk about this in the book, uh, 10 leadership virtues, and it's actually one of the main components of our coach leadership program. And I talk about the difference between short-term confidence and long-term confidence. Okay. I haven't heard that. And short-term confidence is built on results. It's built on the wins that I had yesterday and the day before and the day before. And so you'll see a lot of athletes who are riding high, who are really on a, you know, they're on a streak, right? You know, they're hitting over 400, they're making the clutch catches, and so their confidence just starts to go through the roof, but it's all based on what they did yesterday. And, and so what happens is, is that um, sets them up. I call it, you know, because what's going to happen, the tide's going to turn, they're going to get a little hurt. Uh, they're going to have a bad game. And so all of their worth, their self-image, uh, who they are, it's based on the result they had yesterday. And so as they're on the up uptick, you know, improving the, that starts to become arrogant because there's an assumption, well, I'm always going to be able to do this. Right. So, and, and then when things turn South, when they start not going as well, then you, you see a real hit to the confidence, mm-hmm. right? The slump comes and I don't know, and I'm unsure so long-term confidence, though, is built on growth. And so when you see athletes at like a premier level over a sustained period of time, and you know they're extremely confident, but you also sense something different in them, it's because their confidence comes from they know and understand how they've grown, the processes, the work they had to do to get there. And so they get more confident in their ability to grow, to overcome, to learn, to adapt, to go to that next level. And they draw that as their source rather than the win they had. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, Tiger Woods is a good example. He changed his swing a couple of times during his uh, career before he had all the big injuries and, he never lost his confidence, even though his play dipped while he was making the the swing change. And it's because he could see the progress he was making when nobody else could. Mm. Right. Um, And I think people would say that's a pretty confident just from an athletic, that was a pretty confident human being during that time. And so he was focusing on the growth and on, and on, on that. And as leaders and as people out in the world, we need to do the same thing. You know, if our confidence is based on the client saying yes to our proposal yesterday, well, guess what? Most proposals get rejected. So (laughs) you're in for a long road. But if your confidence is in how well did I prepare? How well do I know the presentation? How well do I know their needs? Uh, Did I do everything within my control? And then the reality is, is that sometimes people say no, and it has nothing to, it's not me, right? It's, it's something beyond my control. Well, that's, that's long-term confidence, right? That allows me to say, Hey, what did I learned? How can, you know, what could I have done differently to, to earn this next time and all those different things. And so people who have that approach to confidence uh, grow. And then there's a principle in Heather talked about it. Uh, I don't know if she used these words, but, you know, 
she talked about, you know, dad used to say possibility thinking and, you know, Norman Vincent Peale and all these different legends of the industry is, you know, do we focus on what's possible and let that determine our next step? Or do we come in fear-based and say, well, golly, that's kind of scary. I've never, I've never tried that before. Um, but courage always precedes confidence, which is interesting because if we're going to grow, that means we're going to go into an area that we are not already a master of. And so the courage has to push us into that step before we actually know whether we're going to be successful at it. And so if your confidence is only based on results, you're likely not to take big risks or big steps into the unknown because you know your confidence is going to be crushed because you're going to you're going to go try something you've never done before but if your confidence is built on growth and understanding that it's a process and and the, that I can learn and you and you have a track record of measuring where you were um a month ago versus six months ago versus a year ago. And you can see the growth and that's how you measure where you are in life. You know, you're on this journey to get better. Then you're going to have a lot better confidence when you learn a new technique, a new idea, a new way of saying something that isn't focused on the result that you get immediately because you know, Hey, everything that's worth doing, like Zig Ziglar said, like dad said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Man, so love, healthy, ahead. healthy confidence versus confidence moving into something else. And I, and I like what Heather said, you know, I'm, I'd push back that. I don't think arrogance and confidence go hand in hand. Arrogance replaces confidence but confidence is usually is positive. It's just, what are we confident in? Yeah. It's, it's interesting as you're talking, Tom, it, it's, of course I'm always, you know, I got, I got lots of kids. I'm always thinking about the kids and, and it's been interesting. I noticed it. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it with my older kids as much as my younger ones and seeing that when you are a kid, I mean, granted that you're in a somewhat healthy environment, somebody's out there whose parent, you know, who was abused and and told they were worthless from day one. And I'm so sorry, just so sorry. Hopefully the majority of people hearing this had a somewhat healthy upbringing and they had just the normal childhood of realizing, you know, uh, achievements. I can walk, I can talk, I can ride a bike, I can do math. I, I did a picture. Isn't it, isn't it pretty daddy? And, and they got, they were confident just by proxy there. So I have little grandkids now and they're just learning to do stuff and bring, and they'll do it and go, Hey, I, I, I rode the bike. Well, I went, I went over that ditch, you know, grandpa, and they're confident just naturally. They're not arrogant. It's just a, a naive, you and I were talking before this, you know, it was kind of a naive, uh, a guileless confidence that they have. And then we're all used to, I think we do it as a culture. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm playing with, Tom. And, and having compassion for it, I want people to think back that you probably, we all probably had a time in our lives as kids where we were naturally, healthily, humbly. We didn't even have to think about being, we, we were confident. We did that. It, we did do well, no bones about it. And then we get to that point somewhere in a coming of age, Tom, I don't really know how to say it, but some maybe personal awareness. 
And we may even have somebody go, oh, don't get a big head, right? Don't get a big head. Don't brag. Don't brag. Johnny, don't brag. Okay, we know you, or me, Kevin. Kevin, we know you won the race, you know, but don't brag. And, and I may have, you know, I may have. I may have come to school. I, I remember bringing trophies to school as a kid. I mean, I was proud of myself and I, I wanted it to be impressive. And so I could see somebody go, gosh, Kevin, you you are. I was really great that you you did and teaching me humility. I'm sure my parents did this at some point or somebody did. And I, and I may have gone over into arrogance a little bit, but that's where I'm afraid that we kind of get the beat down. And then it's, oh, don't talk about what you're good at. If you get an A plus, uh, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a story, a movie, Tom. I think it's called Finding Forrester. It's an older movie. It has Sean Connery as this teacher, this recluse teacher. And he sees an inner city kid. And that inner city kid is brilliant, kind of like a goodwill hunting type, brilliant. Right. And he doesn't want his friends to know. So he's hiding his A plus, literally. I mean, it's part of the story. He's hiding that because in his culture, that didn't, that didn't fit in that well. You're supposed to be a rebel and, you know, whatever. And that we get to that point and we see kids who are pushing off if they do well, it's a bad thing. Again, I'm just pointing out that this is a cultural thing. Nobody, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming parents or the school system. I may have done it as well. I, I literally, I, I don't really remember with my, especially with my older kids, I may have done that and go, okay, well, hold on. Don't get a big head. Don't brag and push that down. And then you see kids who are lacking confidence and thinking it's a bad thing that we have a culture that's struggling with it. And again, today, I'm going to pull out that word narcissism that we get that if you point anything at yourself, you're, you're liable to get that, that put at you, but it does it, get, it doesn't make sense. I am not going to go hire you, Tom, as an executive coach. If you say, hey, yeah, man, I heard that uh, you helped my buddy, Tom, or my buddy, Bob out, you know, with his company and just rocked it and they made a million bucks and, and he's happier and whatever. And uh, so I want you to be my coach because I hear you're awesome. And if you go, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I, I got lucky with it. He did it all himself. I didn't really have anything to do. Well, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you also said, oh, yeah, Bob, actually, he's pretty, he's pretty weak, pretty lame, dude. Thank goodness to me. He's, <laughs> he's killing it now. I mean, we, we don't want either. So we do want that. So, and I'm saying that, how do we embody that? And I'm really talking to myself. How do I do that? How do I take the compliment of somebody saying, man, I listened to your podcast and that gosh, your perspective on that, Kevin was just, it, it really opened my mind. And, and I had somebody email me the other day, text me. Uh, so in all humility, like Moses, most humble man on the planet texted me and said, man, thanks for being my life Sherpa. Thought, wow. Gosh, I'm I'm so honored, and so I'm almost I'm almost thinking. And you talked about this a minute ago, Tom. It's it's how we look at it, how we hold it, and even the vernacular around that. You use the words like, um, "Gosh, what did you say?" I, I, that uh, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed, or I'm fortunate. And I found myself lately again trying to play with this of going, "Gosh, I'm so you're you're welcome. I'm so privileged." To be able to sit with people like Tom Ziegler, I've grown up in self-help all my life. I've got a lot to draw from. What, what a privilege. I can't take credit for all that. I can't take credit for my upbringing, a lot of my opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, I do pretty well with understanding the nuances of self-help and overlapping message, messages. And I think I've got a good knack for kind of bringing out some of the big ideas and making them really palatable so we can digest that. Uh, so, man, thank you for your testimony. I'm, I'm so grateful that I get the opportunity to do this. So I'm trying to walk this even in my own thing. So for everybody listening out there, whatever that they, we know what we're good at. 
and we probably have testimony to it. It's probably it'd be a good exercise, don't you think? Take your take a piece of paper and write out how do you take a compliment? How do you own it? And now for you, you're having to do this for real, Tom, because you have people coming to you and Ziegler to be coaches, to be a good coach, to be a successful coach. They have to go out there and say that they're good at something. And I, you know that that rubs a lot of truly humble people the wrong way. And it leaves them grappling with, oh my gosh, I don't want to go out there saying I'm great, but if I don't say I'm great, nobody's going to pay me. That's yeah. your front lines on that. Yeah. You know, dad said years ago that, that selling is a transference of feeling. Yep. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are, and in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you don't love it just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin and depending on the model you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all, and Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they were hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers 
into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. So the example of, yeah, I just got lucky on that deal. You know, you're, you're transferring the wrong feeling. Then our head coach, David Wright, says that coaching is a transference of confidence. And so usually what happens when you coach someone is they want to step into a new territory. They want to grow. They want to do things differently. They want to go for that big dream, but they're not confident, right? Or they're beat down in a rut and they don't know what else to do. So they're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to ask somebody who's, mm. and, and so so here's the thing with the coach. Um, this happens often. Um, people will say, well, um, if somebody asks you what they need to do to be successful, what should you tell them? And I, and I say, well, a coach should say, just do exactly what I do. And talk about a self-convicting statement. Like if somebody comes up to you at a conference and says, Kevin, Hey, I want to have success in my life. What should I do? Well, can you look them in the eye and say, just do what I do? Because <laughs> I know I say that from stage. And every time I say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just put myself in that position. Right. Because that gives you a responsibility to have balanced success in all seven areas of life. Right. Because if somebody comes to me and says, wow, you seem to have balanced success. What's the secret with your family? What's the secret with your spiritual life? What's the secret with your health? What's the secret with your business? What's the secret with your finances, right? All of these things. And none of us are perfect. And so, yeah, right. Uh, can I can I interject there? I don't want to hold that train of thought, but I, because I, I, I mean, you're talking about the position I am. Here I am. The show's self-helpful. Oh, so Kevin, you're saying everybody do what you're doing with self-help and personal development. I said, well, I'm, I'm striving. I'm trying. I, I would, and I'm, as you're saying that would, would this align with what you're saying? Or what do you think about this? I'm saying, well, gosh, I, I, I do feel like I'm on the right path. I feel like I'm on a path of growth, of, of learning. Join me. That's kind of what I'm doing with the show here. Join me in this path. Join me in this journey. Because a lot of people are here. I mean, we just did a, a series on boundaries don't do what I do. I, I'm, that's why I'm doing the series on boundaries. I'm trying to learn. That is a really hard area for me. I'd say, join me in the journey as I'm trying. These are the things I'm trying to engage with and employ in my life. I have not done them well thus far. I am working now literally to put the habits in place, to change my mindset, to do this well. So I would say that join me. Yes. I, I'd say join. This is why join me on the journey here with the show. 
that's what we're doing here. Some of this I have not done. A lot of it I've not done well. I'm striving to. Some of it I have. Some of it I've knocked it out of the park, man. Health and wellness and, and it is an area that I feel, yeah, do what I do. I, I would say that in some aspects. But a lot of it I would say, join me in this journey, in this path. How, what do you think? Play with that with me. Yeah. And, and so when I get pressured, well, what does that mean? It yeah. means that um, all of our journeys are going to be a little bit different. We all have different gifts and talents. We all have uh, a different purpose, you yeah. know, like something that, or a dream that we have. And I believe that the passions and the dreams that, that are inside of us, our creator put those there uh, as long as they're edifying, <laughs> right? Positive. Mm -hmm. And so yours are probably different than mine, right? Uh, but if you have the right mindset and you are looking in each area of your life to make pro progress and grow in each one of those areas, and you're focusing on the virtues of, you know, what, how do I demonstrate that? Then you're going to be unique, right? You're going to, your journey is going to be unique in what you're going to do, but the mindset, the virtues, the, the end goal, all those things, it's the, it's the same practice. But if I tell you, hey, you know what, your job is to be healthy and to have the ultimate health that you can, and there's no evidence in my life that I'm better health-wise than I was three months ago or six months ago or a year ago, then you probably shouldn't take health advice from me. <laughs> I mean, it's just, dad always had the funny statement. He said, when you get in shape, make sure you go see a skinny doctor. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be credibility. I, I'll never forget somebody years ago saying, hey, I want to be a career coach because I know what it's like to be in a terrible career. I'm in one now. Uh, well, you probably need to have some overcoming to have some, you know, credibility. But again, I could say somebody, because somebody could say, yeah, I, I, I want to teach. Here's my journey. Join me in my journey as I learn how to have a good career. Okay, that's different, but you're probably not in a position to teach it. Yes. Yeah. You could have, you could have that. You just said the mindset. I think that's what I'm digging for, Tom. What is the, so if we're, if we're, if somebody's hearing this as we listen, talk about this and say, okay, there are some areas in everybody's lives where they should have some confidence, they have earned some confidence. There's something that they know. Everybody listen, there's something that they know that they have skill, expertise, giftings, however you want to say it in that I do not. Kevin, there's, there's something everybody does better or knows you know, more than I do in some area of their life. They should have confidence in that. What does the mindset though? That's what we're talking about. The vernacular, everything around confidence would you say confidence with humility? That's what we're trying to establish here. Confidence with humility, because it can go into arrogance, narcissism, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to say. So confidence with you. What is the mindset to wrap around? That's what I'm saying. Few people have probably been taught that if anybody's been taught that. Uh, there's a lot of people that maybe haven't experienced it. They haven't really experienced confidence in a humble person like I got to do. Well, I mean, I think I saw this in my parents and I, then I, I literally saw it with Zig Ziglar before, long before I knew Tom Ziglar. I see it in you. I see you talk in confidence. You're, Tom, you're one of the most humble people I know. Uh, literally, in, in today's world, you, you're top of the list for me as somebody who has confidence. You know that you know some things. You know you can impart some things. You know you have guidance. And you're also quick to say what you're not. 
good at or what you're struggling with or what you're striving in. But if I went around the Ziegler wheel of life, I would say you have counsel and guidance to give to anybody and everybody in all areas. Some of them from your achievements and some of them you would say, I, you know, this is an area I'm always striving, struggling with, but I'm on the journey and I can share with you the ups and downs of it. I've got something to offer. So a confidence and humility, you have that mindset. I don't know. Can you define, do you have some more definitions around that? I'm playing with that. Yeah. And, and what I look at is this, we live in a very transactional society. So yes, yes. your value to me is what you do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, My value to myself is what I see myself do or not. Right. I struggle with. Yeah. And so I've, I've been studying a lot on artificial intelligence and what it's going to do and you know, there's all these statistics out there about how 40 to 80% of jobs in the white collar world are going to have major impact with AI taking away some of that work, right? So, so to me, so there's automatically this mindset of fear in a lot of people because they're like, well, what's going to happen to my job? And that's a big deal. But to me, I'm really excited about it. And here's the issue. The issue isn't that AI is going to change the world in certain areas because it is, it's going to, it's already having that impact. The issue is, is though I look at it as something that's harmful, that's going to be detrimental, that's going to make me get out of the thing that I love to do, or is it just possible I could leverage it to actually have a bigger impact? And so what do I mean by that? Well, if, if you're in a sales role and let's just say 50% of your time is accumulating data and filling out paperwork and, and uh, doing due diligence and all that stuff to help the client get what they want. And AI can do that. Let's just say almost instantaneously. Then what does that mean for you? Does that mean that that company needs half as many salespeople because half their time is no longer, or will those salespeople be able to invest 50% of their time be to equal a hundred percent of their time building relationships, which AI can't do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at it as, wow, this is going to be, this is going to leverage my superpower, which is relationships, right? That's, that's what makes the world go round. And so, you know, when we get, when we get comfortable with who I am, which is I've lived my life with these virtues and that attracts a certain kind of people and we have great relationships and whether they, whether somebody likes or doesn't like me or rejects me, that has nothing to do with who I am. Right. If you, if you say on a survey, golly, I didn't, I didn't like Tom Ziegler. I was disappointed. He couldn't, you know, he, he, he didn't deliver what I expected. Uh, you're commenting on a work that was produced, not who I am. And so I don't like that, but it doesn't have any of the impact that it could have if my value was based on a result, right? If I said, you know what, my value is uh, the the survey speaker form that goes out at the end of a conference. That's my value. <laughs> No, it's not. It's, it's who I am. Uh, one is 
superficial. And so that's where short-term confidence really kills people is because it, on social media, it's all about getting the next like, right? In sales, yeah. it's about getting the next sale. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's checking those boxes. But there's a lot of people who aren't very deep, you know, who have a lot of issues who, who, you know, from the results side of, you know, making a sale or whatever, they get some wins. Doesn't, but that's not their value. Their value, your value is who you are. Okay. So what I hear is I'm asking you about, I asked you about mindset of confidence with humility and what you ultimately came back with was relationships, which is interesting. And you, I don't know if you said the word, but as you were talking there, what I, my mind heard was self-worth. Maybe you did say that. Um, and I think of your dad, Zig Ziglar saying, God don't make no junk. Okay, great little statement. But if we really take that into heart, even there, Tom, I see kind of that, you know, false humility, give somebody credit. Say, oh, well, it's, it's not me. It's only God, only God. Well, Okay, not to take away from that, but I don't see God just speaking through you as you lay there limply. God presents on, we're just a doctrine here that we can play with, but I'm going to give somebody, I'm going to give Tom, I'll just do that. I'm going to give you credit. So God gave you gifting, skills, talents, abilities, opportunity, whatever you want to say, gave those to you. You did have, I believe you have free will to deny that. You could have said, nah. I'm going to go deal drugs. I mean, you could have done that. It sounds facetious, but you could have done that and not taken that. I'm going to give you credit for, for taking what God presented and, and doing something with it, harnessing it, refining that. Even if we look at that, we all know, I, I do it for coming from the sports world. I knew, I knew people with some of the most unbelievable inherent talent, skills, and ability, just stupid, whether it was on the football field or cycling or whatever, I saw some of those, and yet they couldn't really get their act together enough to bring it forth. We see that with artists a lot. See somebody say, man, some of the best art I saw, you know, I've experienced, I actually have some people in, in literally in my life that I experienced through the years. I think some of the best art I, I saw, but they were never able to get their stuff in order to bring it to market, which says Seth Godin would say, is it really art then if you can't bring it forth? You know, so there is some credit and I'm looking, thinking about self-worth within that. We've got to believe that God don't make no junk that I, I do. And in that it would almost be offensive. I don't know if it's the best word to, to just diminish yourself say, no, I'm just complete junk. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm scum of the earth, you know, but thanks to God, you know, he did something good through me. That's great. I don't think that we're tracking there. Well, just I'll just throw that. I'm going to lob that at you, Tom. How's that? Before I get into doctrinal trouble here, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's that's big water. I mean, we're getting to a lot of issues of faith, which I'm going to I'm going to come back to a definition of faith and ask you about that in a second. But what do you think about that right there? God don't make no junk, but we know people struggle with that, and I think take it too far and are still diminishing their own self worth sometimes. Yeah, I want to connect some dots um, okay. because you said relationships. Yeah, and I I finished uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's book Trust, and in the beginning of the book, he says um, we all have. We're, when a baby's born into this world, the only thing they can do is trust. Right? They're yeah. 
totally incapable of taking care of themselves. So they trust that they're going to be held, fed, clean, nurtured, clothed, all that stuff. And then something happens in the human condition, right? We screw it up. We, the people learn not to trust, right? And there's, and so I used to say, and I've heard the statement that's all of life and all of business is about relationships. And I've modified that statement. I, I think that statement is 99% true. A hundred percent true is all of life and all of business is about trust. Right. Yep. Because you cannot have a good, meaningful relationship without trust. And so if you're trying to figure the, the, the formula for, well, gosh, how do I, how does, how does my confidence come from who I am instead of what I do? And I want to be exceptionally successful and have a balanced life and have fantastic relationships, right? If you want the whole package, you know, and a lot of people don't believe the whole package is available. They believe you, you either get money or you get relationships, right? Well, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> The people who have the best relationships usually end up fairly successful in a lot of places. So here's how you do it. Um, you ask yourself, how do I build trust with everybody? So what attitudes can I develop that create trust? What efforts can I do to beat trust or to, to build trust and what skills mm -hmm. can I have that build trust? And then all of that has to be based on character qualities and virtues because to be sustainable to where it's the automatic response. It needs to come out of a virtue, a value, a character quality. Mm -hmm. So if you want to build trust, by definition, you got to have integrity, right? And, and integrity in every area of your life. So if if my, my goal and desire in life is to have um, confidence that creates the life that I want, that confidence ultimately is built on me understanding how to walk out a life that inspires trust with everybody I come across. And the only way I can do that consistently is through the virtues and values that I uh, believe in myself. And then to tie that to faith, <laughs> I need to have confidence that there was a creator that said, this is the truth. This is the way because I'm not smart enough or big enough to know that that's the way. <laughs> right, right. Right.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I want to do what you just did and connect some dots. I'm sitting here typing ideas as you're talking about, because faith was the, and let's, let's spiritual or not faith. We would say, you know, we have faith in things. I mean, you're going to get in your car and have faith that the brake brakes work confidence. Can you prove it beyond the shadow of a doubt? No. I mean, that is what faith is. And we look at spirituality, even that it's, it's faith. It's, it's, we may not be able to scientifically prove this, but I have confidence. I mean, that's what I was, I was taught in the kid in as a kid in church and it's not necessarily proof. Okay. But I'm going to come back to relationships as you were talking just then you said in essence, relationships are built on trust. I would say, yes. I mean, they are outside of my kids. You know, I'm going to love my kids no matter what, whether I trust them or not. But generally, I mean, I have a relationship with you, Tom, we would not have one if I did not trust you. I mean, why would we, what am I, unless it's just a business. Well, even there, I wouldn't do business with you if I didn't trust you. So relationships are built on trust. And what you've got me looking at now is how can you trust somebody? Do you trust somebody? Would you trust somebody who does not have confidence? I mean, after I'm doing this show with you after that, I'm going to do a show with our doctor, Dr. Randy James. Um, I would not have him be my doctor if I didn't trust him. And he wouldn't be right. my friend if I did not trust him. Uh, and I trust him because he has confidence in certain areas. Not everything. He's again, he's one of the other uh, top of the list of humble people. Matter of fact, we were with some, a bunch of guys the other day and one of them said, so Dr. James, you know, what do you think about this? And, and Randy says, I don't know. <laughs> that is the, that is not a doctoral answer, man. You're a doctor. Okay. You got an MD. You're supposed to know, you're supposed to say, you come up with something. Relationships are built on trust. Trust is built on confidence. So for somebody to hear that, man, you want people to trust you so you can have relationships. They're not going to do it unless you have a level of confidence in your, and I'm going to, I want to come to self-worth. Cause even when we say that your first thought is confidence. Okay. Let's see. I'm good at math. I'm good at, uh, I can ride a bike. I'm good at what it's not all the things that you do. It's in who you are, which I, is hard for me to comprehend Tom without going right where you did to a spiritual belief. So faith is, we would, you know, if you're, if you have got a, if you're a Christian, you're going to say, I have faith in God, in Jesus Christ. I have faith. So you have absolute unequivocal proof. You can cite some, but ultimately you say, no, but I have confidence in. I've had experience and I have confidence in. Okay, that's what I want to have in you. If we're going to have a relationship with each other, especially a, a, an intimate one out of surface level, I want to have faith in you. I can't have that unless I have some confidence in you. So I need you to tell me what you have confidence in. I need you to be confident. I'm not going to pay you a dime, Tom Ziegler, as an executive coach to lead my billion dollar organization or multi-billion like you're doing, unless I have some confidence 
in you. It's the, it's the cornerstone of faith. To me, this is, again, I'm getting back to the mindset. I'm excited about that. This is a mindset that we should be able to look at and go, oh, oh, that makes sense. That's, that's my hope for this show. People will hear it and go, oh, okay. Well, yeah, of course I've got some areas I'm confident in. I know I can do that. Now, if I can do them in humility, I should be able to do that. And if you're my client, if you want to have a business, if you want to, to be a coach or whatever, you have got to, they've done that with me, Tom. If you, if I'm going to have a podcast, Kevin, you got to say you got some skills. So that's why it's interesting. We were talking about this the other day with a group of people that a lot of the leads I get when I'm do, when I'm on shows, I was on somebody's show yesterday and they said, so here's Kevin Miller, a uh, former pro athlete and, you know, father of a hundred kids and, you know, host of this show with a, a, a lot of downloads. Well, that's true. So today I do have a show. There's some credibility, but it's interesting. They always, the former pro athlete that carries a lot of weight. That was 28 years ago. That was a long time ago, but it's still, it showcases some credibility. And for me to look at that and downplay it. So I had my people brandy and sister saying, dude, you got, you need to, to showcase that. That feels kind of egotistical. Well, tough. It's true. It li- my brother, Jared on Gaza, he said, he said, it's true. You did it. Do you deny that you were a pro cyclist? No, I've, I've got the license. I, I actually was. Well, that says something. So we just own it. Okay. It's, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, you know, I, I did pretty well. So I have some confidence there. I, I love the mindset of that. And I love bringing it to faith because it's going to be hard for anybody listening to not go, okay, I have faith in what I'm confident in. Should I not, should, so, if somebody's going to have confidence in me, I got to have some faith and confidence in myself. That feels convicting, Tom. I, there's, there's, that's the price of admission right there. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, one of the, one of the common uh, issues that we have, so we're coaching leaders to coach their people. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the cornerstones of our process is that, that quality of life equals quality of work. Okay. And so we teach our leaders who are going to go back and coach their people we teach them a lot of coaching questions, something like, so Kevin, how are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, how are you really doing? Right. So now we're opening up a can of worms that people don't necessarily like in the business area. Right. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm the leader and somebody on my team is having trouble at home financially or with their spouse or physical issues, do I really want to know that? And so what we're really doing is exposing the reality that they're not confident in answering that question, right? I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not right. a doctor. I'm not a financial advisor. And so they're like, uh, well, why would we even ask that question? Right? Cause we're just going to expose our weakness. Well, see, that's a, that's a mindset and a perspective that life is about me, right? And my job is to look good so that people like me when the better mindset is to say, I don't have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So Kevin, if you say, um, yeah, I'm struggling with my health, you know, uh, and I say, oh my goodness, what's going on? And you say, yeah, my numbers don't look so good. And I've got to, well, I would just say, that's not my expertise, but what can I do to help? I've got a trainer who works with me over here. I know a nutritionist over there. I've, I, my doctor's fantastic. I spent two hours on a blood, blood test review with them and gave me lots of good insight. I'd love to connect you. 
right? And so what I was able to do was to speak confidently into that situation while admitting I'm not the answer guy for those things, but I can connect you with people who, who have the answer. So we teach everyone, everybody should have their who, just like Bob Bodine says, you should have your who. So if a friend comes to me and says, yeah, I'm having trouble in my marriage, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to connect you with my who because I care about you. And I want right. to, right? And so, and so now the, the, the value and the virtues, I'm demonstrating uh, compassion. I'm demonstrating kindness. I'm, I'm demonstrating care. I'm demonstrating love. I'm, I'm actively listening, which is a physical thing. I'm hearing what they're saying. I'm not discounting it. I'm not giving it less or more value than I should in that situation. But I'm saying, gosh, let's let's see if we can we can help, right? Because I care about you as a person, mm-hmm. not you as a unit of production or you as somebody who makes me look good socially, right? So so that whole confidence thing it really that's why the mindset is so important so so if you were to ask yourself hey somebody comes and asks you an uncomfortable question you can just answer it for your head in this way how would a virtuous person answer that question if they didn't know the answer Mm -hmm. a confident person yeah it it brings me to one one thing I want to hit before we're uh, I, I want to make sure that we don't miss here. So much of our confidence, and I would say our self worth, is based on testimony that we hear from others or how we measure ourselves against others. Which we know we're at a big high right now with social media. You know that it's everybody's happy lives and pictures are posted out there. And there's always somebody in my, in my perspective, there's always somebody who's done more with less than I have. It just exists out there. Can I be confident anyways? But even to those people who have had negative testimony, who've had hard relationships, who've had some areas of with some failure in it, uh, they've had some struggles. Can they be confident anyways? And I'm thinking of the Ziegler wheel of life. I mean, the point of that is to go through and audit our lives and look and say, how are we doing in those areas? And most people are going to have some areas they're doing great in. They're, they're doing great. Their, their, their relationship, I may have a relationship. Let's take that one. It's an easy one. Relationship problems, but I got money in the bank. Okay. Well, you'd rather have both, but should you, because of the negative, just not be confident? I mean, you have confidence over here in your money or maybe in your health, and and should you not have it because over here and I find most people who are lacking confidence, they think of themselves as undisciplined. They've got all these negative terms. They've got some areas where they should have it in and to say, yeah, but I am struggling maybe in an area and I maybe have somebody over here who's given a negative testimony to me because of some issues in that area or just because of their negative perspective of me. And everybody should be able to relate to any moment of time, whether it's right now, in the past, whatever, where over here, maybe at work, you've got people you've done well, they think that you are, they, they testify to you, you're confident over there. And then maybe at home, you don't have the same thing happening and you're liable to think of yourself only from that negative standpoint with somebody who may have a negative perspective of you that may or may not be valid. And you just got to question that. And it brings me to a point, and you kind of touched on it earlier, Tom, 
that Heather said, oh yeah, you did. You, you, you were talking about possibility thinking, right? You mentioned that. And I thought of Heather talked about, she related it to negative thinking. Like here's a, here's an example, negative thinking. I'm going to fail tomorrow. There's a test coming up or I've got a deal. So I'm going to fail tomorrow. That's negative thinking. That's easy. Positive thinking. We tend to think of as saying, I'm just, I'm going to kill it. No matter what, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to ace the exam. I'm going to make the sale. I'm going to, I'm going to make whatever. And you may know you're blowing sunshine up your own butt because you haven't prepared and you are not really, but you're just trying to you know speak it. And she was talking about neutral thinking and you got me thinking about it with possibility thinking of saying, you know what, the one thing I have control of and I can claim is I'm going to study all night to prepare for this exam. I'm going to listen to uh, Ziegler tape on secrets of closing the sale. I'm going to prepare. I can have confidence in my preparation. I can have confidence in my intent. I can have confidence. Like I talked about that, man, I have, I struggle with boundaries in my life and relationships, but I'm striving, I'm studying, I'm doing the work and I'm confident that I can do that. And I'm confident that I can make progress, even though the results may be there. And you've, you've kind of come back to that two or three times of looking at our own progress in our own heart, even if out there, the testimony may not be great. It may not be great. So on boundaries, on a scale from one to 10, I may be at a two, but man, I was at a zero. So I'm, I'm making progress and I'm confident that I can learn and grow in that area. And we're coming back to that mindset of confidence as opposed to it being, and you talked about this blatantly a little bit ago, Tom, about it only being in regards to what we've done last. I mean, you talked about that in sports, man. I was a pro cyclist and that was literally, we talked about it openly. You were only as good as your last race. You won last weekend. It doesn't matter because the race is today. And all that matters is how you, how you do today, which was terrible because today I might do terrible, but last week I did win and we don't take that forward uh, with that long-term confidence. I'll probably title this the mindset of confidence, Tom, and maybe, but it's, it feels like, I do feel like the, the primary pillar that you put underneath that or what we've come to is confidence with humility, which I'm saying, I, I, again, one of my biggest examples of that was initially Zig Ziglar. You're one of those today, but we, we need to, we need a new definition of what our, our, our understanding of what confidence is. And it's through a different mindset. It's, it's big medicine. Yep. I tell you, um, just to kind of wrap it up, I've, I've finished a book called the big Myths by Hank Haney hmm. and Hank Haney is a golf coach and he coached Tiger Woods for, I think six years and in golf, what keeps an elite golfer from achieving elite status is called the big miss, hmm. right? Cause everybody's so good at that level that if you hit a big miss in a tournament, it'll often take you out of the winners, right? You, you can't afford the big miss. And so how do you avoid the big miss? You work on every area of your game, your driving, your iron play, your chipping, your putting, your course management, the whole nine yards, and you put in the preparation. So, so you prepare, your confidence is in your preparation, but then you understand the game so fundamentally that you build things into it that keep you from having the big miss, right? And so that for golf, it means you take out one side of the fairway, right? I'm never going to miss it left or I'm never going to miss it right. You just, you just build that in. Well, life is the same way. 
uh, one of the things that's interesting is if you look at the seven areas of life, just like golf has these different areas, putting, chipping, iron play, driving, long irons, all these different things, recovery shots. Life has seven areas, physical, mental, spiritual, family, financial, personal, and career. We've got those seven areas. If you're struggling in one area, that lack of confidence in that one area bleeds over into everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so true. Um, and so we've got to be making progress and being aware of where we need to improve our confidence in a certain area. Otherwise, it will infect the other ones. <laughs> so many people are like, man, they're the best in the world at this, but this other area of their life is struggling. And so they never step into their possibilities because they've got like a, a, a suction on their confidence out of that one area. Mm-hmm. And so in life, what's the big miss? The big miss is when we make decisions and do things that that hurt trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the big miss and trust in ourselves and trust in others. And so what builds trust? It's the virtues, the values, those things. Mm-hmm. So confidence really stems from not just doing the right things. It's doing them in the right way based on this understanding that it's my value is who I am, not what I do. Yeah. Right. And if I'm the right person doing the right things and the result doesn't come, that's so what I'm, I'm going to do it again. Right. And I'm going to do it for the right offer uh, audience in a different time in a different way. It'll be great. I, I, man, I love that. That's the, that's the mic drop of the show right there. I, I so like in the per- aspect of self-help personal development, of it helps me to think of myself as I am the kind of guy who does X, who eats healthfully, who exercises, yes. who uh, manages money well. And what I hear you saying is I could, I could, those are the things that I, I do specifically, but if I can undergird those with an overall, I'm the kind of guy who does the right thing. I'm the kind of guy who has others' interests at heart. If I can keep repeating that as my self-affirmations in the mirror, then I'll be the kind of guy who actually then does the right things as a result. Man, Tom, see, I, I know. Here's what I'm confident in. I picked the best hosts ever. <laughs> best co-host ever. I it's picked the best guests it's, ever. It's because, it's because you're the greatest podcast host in all the land. Tom. I can say that with confidence. Thank you. Thank you. Apparently a few people think that as well, or at least like my flavor. So I'm grateful, man. It's so good. I'm going to keep playing with this. I'm going to talk with my kids about it this weekend. And, uh, Tom, thanks. Thank you for being a shining light of confidence and humility in my life, brother. I trust you. Awesome. Be blessed, my friend. Well, friends, as you heard in the initial credits, this podcast is actually brought to you by Ziggler. Tom and Zig Ziglar. They are your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. If you're a coach, please go check them out. Uh, visit Ziggler.com. You can get more information there. You can connect with Tom Ziggler and let them truly inspire your coaching performance. If you got value from the show, please leave a rating in Spotify and a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts and share the value you got here with someone you care about. Either share the episode or just the content. 